Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks I'm Carl Hurtley And I'm Max Peterson And we're coming at you hot from the 1940s <laughs> Um, well, that's how most of the people talk in this movie. Well, geez, uh, if you if you talked about her, if you saw, geez, zip kiss. I tell you, I mean, there's a lot of that. There is definitely a lot of uh, everyone is a radio announcer or a character in like yep. a Dashiell Hammett adaptation. You know, an adaptation yep. of a Dashiell Hammett novel. Absolutely. All right, let's dive right in because today we have to do a, a fairly short episode. We've both got plans. Mine include cutting podcasts. Carl's uh, involve not being locked in his house alone and going out and actually being around people responsibly. So we're gonna crazy. we're gonna burn it as quick as we can. Um, but I believe we have more than we thought to talk about. So today oh, we are. I, <laughs> You've got no. I as I I texted the group and was like, "Hey, sometimes you have to watch the mask twice." And Danielle's response, I think, summed up what I think what the Hartley household thinks of this movie. But we'll find out today. We're talking about 1994's The Mask, directed by Chuck Russell. I think he's credited as Charles Russell in this one, but his IMDb page has him as Chuck Russell, which I think is way better. It sounds like he directed a softcore pornography that Chuck kicked Russell. off a bunch of actors careers um so this is starring a very young jim carrey 31 years old this is right after ace ventura pet detective but before that movie had gotten big so actually um i did a little bit of background on this uh for ace ventura pet detective he took like a a, basically a fairly low payment because he was a new actor oh he's right off of the not saturday night live yeah yeah he was coming out of um he was coming out of his breakouts and starting to do film he did, um, uh, uh, you're right, where he played F- uh, Fire Marshal Bill, right? Yeah, what the fuck was the name of that show? La- laugh, 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 laugh it up. So Wayans Brothers fucking <laughs> version of, of like SNL or SCTV it had like uh, J-Lo doing her dance things with the, the, the hot girls or whatever. The hot girls, right. No, do what you, the fuck was the name of that show? I actually don't know, but I have seen the Fire Marshal Bill living stuff. Color. On, what in the Living Color. In Living Color, okay. Um, <laughs> the only thing I've seen from that are the Fire Marshal Bill bits. I've never dug into it, but I dug into the Fire Marshal Bill bits because I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan. Yeah. Um, and outside of just his funny stuff too, I'm a I'm, one of my favorite movies of his is the number twenty three. I think the Truman Show, Man on the Moon. Like he he's a very he's a very talented actor. He often just. Okay him on eternal sunshine the spotless mind too oh hell yeah i think a lot of times he just ends up clown by default but he's great at that too um anyway yeah. sorry uh, jim carrey peter reigert uh peter green amy yazbeck and introducing i can't believe this this is her first film introducing a 21 year old cameron diaz um the story behind how they found her is so interesting they were they were trying to get anna nicole smith to play this role ah couldn't lock right. it down so they went to a, a modeling agency and they as they were going into the model as this the talent scouts were going into the modeling agency to look for people for this role cameron diaz was coming out so they just passed her on their way out the door and they were like wait 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 wait, you hold on <laughs> that said that's how they found her she had to audition for this role 12 times and only got the oh. part one week before filming started 
Holy shit. Yeah, dude. Like, talk about kismet. I actually think this is a pretty cool breakout role for her. Like, when you see... It is. Yeah, like, people's first stuff is often kind of rugged. Not that this is any Pearl or perfect film, but this is a pretty fun movie to come come out the gates with. So, she's, she has some stuff to do here. Definitely. It's not all just. And and you. I mean, it's very leery, but it is. This whole movie is very leery with a literal wolf whistling. It's the first time I've uh, ever seen a literal wolf whistle outside of Tex Avery. One of one of my notes is if you ever had uh, if you were unsure of what the male gaze is in cinema, I present to you the mask. <laughs> um, so I guess before we before we dive in before we get too deep. What do you, what's your take? What's your thoughts on this? Dude, I fucking love this movie, man. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Dan, it sounds like Danielle did not. Did she watch this with you last no, night? Yeah, she 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 needs to be high to watch this. Well, I could so a lot of this is like probably coming through the lens of nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. Cuz I haven't I haven't watched this movie since probably uh, it's been 15 years if it's been a day yeah. since I've spun this, right? Same. And I was expecting to be like, all right, ooh, here we go. Some of it doesn't hold up. Some of the humor is a little bit dated, but not as much as I was thinking was going to to be like dated and oh this is gonna be awkward because right. most of it is just jim carrey being a cartoon literally yeah oh my god and the, that was one of my favorite notes from director chuck russell i read a brief interview with him about this movie and he was talking about they had a um they managed to save a huge portion of their special effects budget like they only spent they planned a lot of special effects for this and they ended up spending I think it was like half to 3 quarters of what they had intended Jim could just do it. That's they the quote from Chuck Russell or Charles Russell was saying um Jim Jim's body was so flexible and cartoonish that we didn't have to do effects to make him look like a cartoon like uh, the bendiness and stuff a lot of that is just actually Jim Carrey just being like full on being Jim uh, Carrey. Yeah. Um yeah. I remember reading somewhere that Jim Carrey was the only reason he was interested in doing this movie was because the main character was a huge fan of cartoons, particularly like the Tex Avery stuff that we see in the beginning. And so was he. The original draft for this script. Now, some listeners might not know this is based on a Dark Horse comic book by John Arcudi and Doug Manka. Um, I actually have a copy of the collected edition that I picked up from a from a Goodwill that was secretly kind of an estate sale. I think it was someone's entire comic book collection showed oh, up wow. one day. My buddy Brandon, I've talked about it on the show before, but my buddy Brandon shot me a call at like six in the or seven in the morning. He's like, Goodwill just opened. I went in. They are unloading box after box after box of comic books and bagging them. I think someone's whole collection is here. Get your ass down here. I only live the block. So I went down to the Goodwill. <laughs> Yeah, dude. <laughs> Ju- exactly, dude. It was like Justice League, like Star Wipe, and I'm suddenly at the Goodwill with my first ever credit card. Like young Max Peterson, I'm gonna be responsible with my credit card. I walk in and I'm like, "Hey, um, I heard that someone's whole collection is here. Can I? I just want to buy it." And they're like, "But like, what of it? Like some of the comics?" I'm like, "No, it, all of it. I want to buy his whole collection. Just carte blanche. What can you quote, hit me with a price and we'll talk?" And the guy's like. Man, I don't know. I don't know anything about comics. I started counting bags, and they were all... It was yellow, and the stickers were yellow, and it was half-off yellow day. So I counted oh with God. them, and I, I dropped $400 and just bought this whole... But I mean, me. you've, you've been in here before. You've been in my office. All yeah. of the white boxes in my closet are that dude's collection. I legitimately got... Uh, for comic book collectors, I straight up got 20 short boxes of comics. 
That's yeah. He's a fucking I lot. Him, I see him stacked right behind you, brother. Yeah, we well, use well, some of them. You yeah. see two out of four stacks. Yeah. So, um, but the so one of the things that I found really cool about this movie is cool, but also I would love to see the mask done now. A, Me too. A, a more faithful version, a faithful comic book version. It's a lot darker in the comic, right? It's not quite as it's, cartoony. In it's it's very cartoony, but you're right. It's it's extremely dark. Um, it's actually some of the issues. Like it's depending on where you look. It's qu- uh, called a horror comic. It's yep. in, insanely violent. I was flipping through it today while I was watching The Mask for a second time. Gory as fuck, dude. Like the mask will get shot in the head in the comic, and they'll. Then yeah, the next panel will have like the back of his head open and his skull and his brains and there's a huge bleeding hole in his head and he's like one-lining people and also it's he's a little more Deadpool than he is comic than like cartoony I guess very much he's like if Deadpool had uh like again like Tex Avery style cartoon powers where he could stretch his body or manifest guns out of nowhere or full like the balloon animal Tommy gun thing straight out yeah. of the comics awesome. um. Yeah, it's it's really dark and it's super violent. It actually kind of reminds me of Tank Girl, with Ooh, with more of a Looney Tunes sense of humor than like a punk sense of humor. Um, I really like it. I liked the design on the not the we'll talk about like the actual film, but just from like font, set dressing, that sort of thing. I got a real Bruce Tim Batman the Animated Series vibe. Yeah, Edge City feels real like. Batman Beyondy kind of yeah like, yeah yeah or like um even Batman Beyond kind of in the futuristic way I got more of the um like the OG Batman the animated series with the, I'm sorry that's what I meant not Batman Beyond yeah the it's Batman kinda, the animated series yeah with um yeah with uh, um Kevin Conroy doing the voice yep. and Mark yep, Hamill yep, yep. as Joker it it has that Art Deco look which I love that kind of like frozen in time mid twenties thing where they just Sometimes to make things seem kind of futuristic, they throw back to back. Yeah, yeah, to that like that like neo art deco, which I totally dig. Um, however, it's actually how people speak in this movie too, as we've already stated. Yeah, most definitely. There's a whole lot of like, man, check out the gams on that girl. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, I thought. Come on, Stanley, come on to the club. I got two tickets for the go go and the go go dances, and now we're gonna see. I would you be my date? Hey, anybody, anybody who's anybody is gonna be there. Yeah, Um, exactly. (laughs) You know, so that there are. I would. I. I. When Voodoo asked me to rate this movie, I last the first time I watched it, I gave it three and a half. This last watch, I gave it four, and Mm -hmm. definitely some of it is nostalgia, but also. Yes, there are bits you have to gloss, which is why it's not five. You know, I'm very generous mm-hmm. with my ratings, but like you have to jump over some of. The, there's some stuff that reads a little creepy today. The mask is a very overtly sexual, leering character who doesn't respect boundaries very much. Some of that. Well, the a, whole French, the whole French wooing her in the park seems a little uncomfortable now. Well, you know what's interesting about that is there are five different cartoon characters that Jim Carrey specifically uses as touchstones for different parts of this movie. That's Pepe Le Pew. Yep, sure is. So one of the things I found was really weird about this movie, we talked about this with Dark Knight last uh, last week, is jumping into this movie and looking at his performance and seeing it as being problematic and then realizing that he's referencing cartoons that we all grew up on. like From the 1940s and shit. Like. Or 60s or 70s. Like when you think, yeah. about, when you think about Pepe Le Pew... Pepe Le Pew is a very troubling character. 
that sure is. that female skunk spends the whole movie tr- or the, the every episode trying Running desperately. <laughs> yeah, like please leave me alone. This is unwanted attention. And here's Pepe Le Pew being like, "She's a fighter. I love a fighter." That's fucking cryptic in in 2020, man. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> but that said, I think part of what saves this movie is its cartoon saves it from being too cringy is its cartoony nature definitely i mean you anytime you're in stanley ipkiss's apartment i mean you got photos of tweety bird and wily coyote and he's got a pillow that's the tasmanian devil it's you get it it's not if if we were shooting this real and hard-edged today but i think stanley ipkiss would still be that stanley ipkiss though he's he's the fan of the cartoons right of that sort of that era of of humor yeah the, the early looney tunes the early disney stuff um the most of what we see is specifically most of what gets the censored and, and ripped off of the ripped out of the dvds now yeah 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 that's actually. the stuff that he's watching um i mean i don't know if he's watching i mean i actually we can't even talk about those cartoons or we'll get flagged as hate speech dude early like the early animation in the u.s is I think the the new the the pet term of today is problematic, but holy shit, no, man! Some of those is. some of those old cartoons you watch them and you're like, are they all in clan hoods? Is that what they're doing? Oh my god! Fucking, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not even trying to like cover it. So, so I actually have, I have a I have a funny story about my watching of this movie, Carl. So I had to watch this movie a couple times. The first time that I sat down to watch this for the show. I was like, oh, it's The Mask. Great. Um, this seems like a good one to just... Carl and I are probably going to take it easy on this. Just make it nice and light. I'll get a little stoned. It'll be funny. But I was, uh, there's this new weed um, that I got, Carl. You tried it last time you were at my place. Yeah, it sure was, did. Uh, I wanted to crawl into your fire and call it home. Yeah, dude. Blueberry headband. I was not <laughs> ready for what that is. <laughs> and I got way too fucked up when I watched this the first time. I was watching it with Bird. My notes kind of don't make a whole ton of sense. You can see them just get worse and worse and worse as they go down. And I started paying more attention to Bird's reaction to the film than the actual film itself. But this is I think this is a crucial thing to bring up early on because she's introduced early in the film. Cameron Diaz walking into the bank out of the rain in that red dress. Now, we talked a little bit about how this movie's kind of leery now. Yep. That's here's the thing, though. Cameron Diaz is a sex symbol in in this film and in many of the films in her career she kind of exists to be super sexy and super hot there's a reason that magazines put out the 50 most beautiful people on the planet is because we like looking at beautiful people and Cameron Diaz is smoking hot oh wait hold on she's smoking in this movie that was one thing another thing I was surprised about how many how many like quotes or or like s- phrases that I used as a kid come from this? Somebody oh, stop me! You know, like yep. dude, that smoking. That there's a lot of the masks one-liners just became like playground talk because this is '94, so I was four years old when this came out. So all through elementary school, like the dialogue of this movie is the the words of on the wall of my childhood. Yeah, I was in high school, man. We were quoting, we were quoting this and Ace Ventura like constantly on repeat. 
as as like 15, 16, 17, 18 year old people, this was very much part of the conversation as part of our let's say zeitgeist again and just throw it on the table there's more part of just part of our vocabulary yeah yeah it's uh it served itself into our exclamatories it this is a great film for exclamatories it's like half exclamatories yes (laughs) um or exclamations i think is the word exclamations um i like to add a little bit of flavor to exclamate exclamations is what i call them um bird so exclamant so we're we both exclamant actually is excellent <laughs> excellent exclamant so you and i we're in agreement cameron diaz in this movie hot oh man you can there's just no, we can put no that out there totally that there's man when you hear that like <sighs> that kind of like like you know what i'm talking about when i say like sweaty new york city summer jazz saxophones playing yep. oh, yeah. <laughs> And they pan up her leg, which is out the slit of this red dress. And they're she's like, damn. she's, yeah, everything's clinging. And she looks up and shakes that hair out, dude. Sex goddess. Total. <sighs> totally. Yeah. Now. Nice. Now, it is. It's totally nice. It's cool. It's fine to appreciate people's beauty. That's cool. So here's the weird thing, though, that I wanted to run by you. Bird does not think Cameron Diaz is even remotely attractive. See, okay, so that's a weird thing, right? Because, like, when I remember Cameron Diaz, I don't think she's attractive in a lot of movies. I just don't. This movie, she's hot as fuck, though. (laughs) Okay, so uh, I'm I'm in the Cameron Diaz is always attractive camp. Bird thinks not at all, and you're like, I think I think she's I think she's very attractive in this and in the Charlie's Angels movies. But like, once you get to Oh, it's not me, myself, and Irene. It's one of the ones where she there's plays. There's something about Mary. There's something about Mary. I think she starts to look a little dry. Not dry, like, like her face is starting to. Bird did point out that as her career progressed, she had some work done, and she starts to look yeah more angular. Whereas less in this, real. yeah, that's what I mean by but you're like th- her features started to. They were less soft and and like. Yeah, yeah, this, they became more angular, like they've been worked on. Yeah, yeah, she's twenty one in this, so she's definitely she has a more natural look in this she's movie. More round. That's what. Yeah, again, same thing. Bird was like, I don't know, like I, I've just never found her track. Bird, uh, I don't know. I wanted to bring that up. I wanted to see where you were as well because I think that's full on madness. But now that you've put it in context, and now that I've heard two dissenting opinions, I guess I'm the outlier. That's okay. You um, like who you like, baby. Yeah, and she's beautiful just to be beautiful, man. You don't have to fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. You don't have oh to. Oh my, fuck, I'm. You don't have I'm to a fucking, fucking shit. I'm a fucking fat kid in northern Michigan, man. I ain't no shit about shit. I got, I got, I got goddamn pimples under my man boobs. Like, what? Well, I ain't gotta say shit about shit, dude. Fucking... I am. I'm sitting in gym shorts in a sweltering hot office, drunk on Pinot Grigio, sweating into my shirt. I am. I'm a monster. The la- I'm the last person to like. I'm, yeah, I'm not casting stones here, man. I'm just like, boy, I'm Cameron Diaz is a beautiful figure. human, and I am yeah. a, I am <laughs> just crawled out of something sticky. Um, but how I am the human ver. I mean, actual human representation of ball funk. That is what kind I of just... dude. I'm like the I'm the yeah. under I'm the underside of some sw- unpleasant sweaty part of some unpleasant sweaty person right now. Yep. Um. So that all like looks and ogling and leering aside, Cameron Diaz for a for a first performance, this is good. For first out, absolutely. I, I think, mean, there's 
she's yeah. among the more naturalistic performances in this movie, definitely. The fucking sweetheart. Like, yeah, she's... I like her arc, too, actually. I mean, there's not much of one there, but she comes around. She, she's one that actually likes the nice guy. Yeah. Where, she, the, where the writer who we think is going to be the, she's a the phony. one for Stanley, she's a phony. Mm-hmm. But I like that, and I like that there's enough subtlety in her performance, and she's fun. It comes across natural as hell. Like they're, she, very, We're yeah. not asking her to read Shakespeare or anything, yeah, it's but the it's mask. super natural. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, that's, the, that's a perfect word for it. Like in a movie filled with ham sandwiches of performances, like, dude, these people are ham city. I love Jim Carrey, and he is playing a cartoon in this movie. Even as a cartoon, some of this is a bit hammy to like to really hold together. In a, in that sea of ham, fucking Cameron Diaz is. You're totally right. Extremely naturalistic, very smooth, natural line deliveries. Oh no, a poor network connection. What? Don't tell me these things. Oh, you're back. Okay, wonderful. I don't even have to cut. Um, yeah, I thought I thought that uh. I thought she did a really good job. You're right about her arc, too. I like that she starts as, like, bank heist inside man, charming this hapless dude, Stanley Ipkiss, who's like, I'm okay, look, I know it's the dumbest fucking thing in the world, but watching him jam a pen into a pencil sharpener is, it's never going to be not funny, right? Because <laughs> it, it's just him, him fumbling. No one fumbles and bumbles better than maybe Chevy Chase, I think is about on par with... I'll give that, you that clumsy, not sure to do what with yourself, knocking shit over. Jim Carrey, Chevy Chase. I mean, fuck, man. Charlie Chaplin. Che- well, that's or Robert Downey class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whole, there's there's an art to bumbling, and I would say Jim Carrey has mastered the art of bumbling. Absolutely, and I'll say about his like Jim Carrey's performance in particular. This is just you said it's right on the heels of uh, Ace Ventura. And you still see a a bunch, especially early in this film, a bunch of Ace Ventura coming through in how Stanley is speaking just in normal conversation with his bank buddy, especially in the very beginning. It's all right. Like there's a lot of like that sort of Jim Carrey coming through. Yeah. And you I don't know if they film this in sequence or not. Probably not. But like a lot of that starts to go away. I know, actually. You see, like the Stan, he starts becoming the character of Stanley more than he is Jim Carrey in Jim Carrey's third movie. They shot all of the scenes in the bank in one day, so okay. all all the bank scenes are the same day of shooting, and then the and they shot them sequentially. So the bank interesting. Scene, yeah, all the bank scenes are one day in order, which is kind of cool when you know it because you can act. You're right, you can see where he was at that day with that character in the bank scenes because Ipkiss is it's a good way to shoot too because the Ipkiss character is in the bank is extremely consistent very mm-hmm. very the same character with the same tics and mannerisms some of which start to change when we pop out into the world obviously the stuff with the mask he's like he's full on a yeah, color he's cartoons. got the pedal yeah. to the fucking floorboards man I threw it he's actually driving the car with his feet which, by the way, I would like to. Okay, so let's talk about his. Pro... I like him as I like him as Ipkiss, even though he's definitely hamming it up. He's pretty big. I'm okay with it because of the movie that it is. Now the mask is a different story. When he's the mask, you're right. It is pedal to the floor the whole time through the floor, off a cliff. Like that is yep. how. <laughs> but but what do you think? Because. It is, it's a, I think it's a rare thing that you find a film 
that allows Jim Carrey to do to go all the way with the cartooniness. You know, like the next film after this that he does is Dumb and Dumber. He got paid 450k for this movie. Uh, but Ace Ventura landed while this movie was still in production. So after this movie, he was famous for Ace Ventura. So Dumb and Dumber, he signed for seven million. Yeah. So that's when his career starts to take off. And I, I know this is going to sound fucking stupid because it's Dumb and Dumber I'm talking about, but I can see the move from this to Dumb and Dumber as a refining of his acting technique. No, I think Lloyd Christmas is so consistent. You see, Dumb and Dumber is such a goofy fucking. It's a goofy fucking movie, and he's doing a bit the whole time. Right. But Lloyd Christmas is always Lloyd Christmas. It's that he doesn't stray from it. It's it's consistent, and he like yeah, he fucking honed in on the performance it's, and what it means to be goofy and to be because Lloyd is now a cartoon character that lives in the real world. Right. Not a cartoon character that lives in a cartoon movie. Exactly. In Edge City. Right. These right. are guys that are driving to fucking Aspen. <laughs> And it and it works. I'm talking about I where the beer you, flows. You like feel wine. like you know or have known someone that is Lloyd Christmas. Definitely right? half half the people that I went to high school with. Lloyd yeah, Christmas. absolutely, <laughs> dude. I love that. We will do Dumb and Dumber someday because I honestly think that as far as a low comedy, that Jeff movie, Daniels is underrated as far as the the counterpart. To just that. about to say, you have Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels doing like. It, look, it's funny and it's slapstick and it is gross and it's body humor and it's dumb, but it's two. These are masters. Jeff mm-hmm. Daniels and Jim Carrey are both top shelf actors. I would gladly reach for them among the A list for sure. God, I mean, Aaron Sorkin has written monologues for Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Yes, and Jeff Daniels <laughs> has crushed them. Crushed them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like these yeah. these are no these are not slouches, dude. These are Oscar-winning monsters. And they do when you watch Dumb and Dumber, I don't care how dumb that movie is. It's art because of those dudes bringing the fucking A game to some stupid shit. I if mean, they were just being goofy, that movie would be unwatchable. Yeah, oh, I agree. But I because agree. they're playing characters, it comes there it's goofy as shit. Yeah, clearly, but it's concise in a weird sort of way. Like there's not, it's not as it's tight. It's tight. Yeah. If you if you and I were just to sit in a van and riff for two hours, that would be awful. We would think it's we would we would think it's hilarious. We would have a blast, and we would always talk about but that unwa- day. But uh, unwatchable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is something that Bird and I were talking about because she, she Bird hates Jim Car- has hated Jim Carrey. She just doesn't like him. She doesn't like how. She, and I can get it. I get that. He creeps her. I love him. Always been a fan. But he creeps her out because of his extreme. She says he's got this really like rubbery face. And he's got these really. Well, he does. That's what he gets paid millions of dollars for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He can, he can just turn his face into whatever you need. And also he's got really dark eyes. So she's like, I don't know. I just always get creeped out by him. And But she's been like researching his life a little bit because I've been watching some Jim Carrey stuff. And I was talking to her about that new documentary. I think it's called uh, Jim and Andy. Mm-hmm. which is about his turn as Andy Kaufman in Man on the Moon. And she started looking into that and looking into the fact that sometimes he has in the past gone fully method for months on end. I still can't end. believe that they didn't fucking... He should have a little golden statue for that shit, and he doesn't. Whatever. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. not part of the Academy of Arts and Sciences, but we have a lot of complaints about the Academy on this show. Uh, inc- most recently, perhaps the Hereditary snub. We don't like that at all. Yep, we don't like that one fucking bit. Not one fucking bit, Academy. There, we raked him over the coals, Carl. Now they there all feel is. like shit up in their mansions. Yeah, they're, they're, they were going <laughs> to sleep well tonight. Not anymore after listening to this episode yeah. of Measuring Flex. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, damn. Hey, the mask. Well, shit. We ought to listen to this one. Oh, no, they don't like the Academy. What? Um, but- <laughs> In-depth Academy Award conversation on our The Mask episode. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get when you tune into the, to the, to the old Measuring Flicks. Um no, but I, I think that one of the things that really defines Jim Carrey, and to some extent Je- uh, Jeff Daniels, but I'm talking about Carrey, especially in this movie, because he's so big and he's so goofy, but I get the sense that when he approaches a role, even one like this, or The Grinch, or I'm trying to think of like his like stuff that's been kind of out there. Like the I, Look, I love The Cable Guy, but like... Even when he's I doing, I forget about that one because he's so dark. Yeah, or that. like liar, liar's kind of fucked up too. That's honestly. one of my favorite ones, actually. Liar, liar. I, I yeah, I, I'm a big fan. But I feel like Jim Carrey is one of those actors who, even when it's when he looks at the script and it's total goof troop, he still goes at. I I, I the way that I ex- tried to describe him earlier was he's Gary Oldman if Gary Oldman was a clown. Or he's Tom Hardy if Tom Hardy was split your sides funny. He goes at it with all of himself, you know? Yeah. And you can kind of see that in the in this this current arc of his life as a as a man, as a person, where he's become profoundly spiritual and he's gotten extremely deep into visual arts, sculpture and painting, which if you haven't seen Jim Carrey's sculptures or paintings. Some of his stuff is heartbreaking to look at he's in too. He, he's a very very talented man he's a uh, i think bird put it well uh two nights ago when i first watched the mask she's like i don't like him but she started reading about him and she's like okay whatever else i think about jim carrey he is an extremely interesting human being yeah which is true and one hell of a beard he's got going on right now i mean that beard i is wish beautiful i wish with all my heart carl that my beard did that when i just let it do its thing but it doesn't. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. And I get stuck with this like weird mange alopecia thing when I try you and grow have, a beard. <laughs> you have serial killer beard. Man. Yeah, yeah. I just end up looking like somebody who looks at water towers and dreams about rifles. You know, like I yep. can't grow a beard because I look really horrible. You look one. like a tower sniper, and I don't. Yeah, and even when I'm happy, I look haunted. If I have a beard, yeah. it's bad. You know, you just can't. I can't do that to people. So. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, what did you think? I, okay. Now, am I wrong? Or who's the guy? It's is it Stifler's? Is that um not Stifler? <laughs> is Stifler. is this Bill, Ben Stein? Bill Ben Stein? That is Ben Stein, who is the um author of uh, all, the masks we wear. The masks we wear. Oh my God! That that bit. No, is <laughs> if it? If I say if I say yes, will you leave my office right now? <laughs> <laughs> Now, Mr. Ipkiss, I want you to understand, I don't actually work with very sick people. Like, <laughs> dude. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. The, all of the shit. All of the shit with Ben Stein. I'm looking at myself in the Skype camera. I'm as red. I'm beat red oh, from you're, laughing. You're, you're flush, sir. <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you listeners. I'm a little drunk too. But um <laughs> every time you take a nip out of that glass, I'm like, maybe I should ask Danielle if she can drive to dinner so I can 
Tap a I'm, fucking glass. That is a sex. Uh, is that a fucking Chablis glass, dude? It is. Uh, it's the white wines. I think it's actually technically a cab glass, but it's labeled as a white glass. It's the right shape for cab. It's a little small. Oh, oh now, I, now that you put it up to your face, I can see the actual yeah, the size of the bowl. That's it, a cab glass. It's, yeah. yeah, it's it's too small for whoop, whoop. But um, no, this is the, the LFC's, LFC's new Pinot Grigio. It's truly amazing. We should but, drink on the show more. We used to. Anyways. We used to. We will again. It's 2020. There's definitely going to be a show where it's like, fucking there, Schindler's there List. Be a plague. <laughs> there may be a plague, but the Bill Pullman Barkhart de Kuiper collection is still growing. Oh, so. my God. No kidding. You brought over what was it? Is Schleichenflieger. Schleichentuschke. Last last cookout, Danielle texted me on the way over. She's like, we're adding to the de Kuiper collection. I'm like, oh, fuck. Just not banana. Anything but banana. <laughs> no, it's Fadushkadakin. Fadushkadakin, or AKA cherry brandy that's totally clear and smells like lighter fluid. I'm like. Weird cherry brandy. I'm baby. about it. I'm about it. I have more DeKuyper bottles in my house than I know what to do with, and I could not be more pleased. I love it. Um, Yeah, man. Okay, we're. <laughs> this episode's a little bit of a cartoon in it. <laughs> you know what? I'm okay with it. It's It's honestly, it's the mask. Um, one of the cool, the, one of the coolest parts about this movie for me is seeing Zed from Pulp Fiction playing a cartoon bad guy, Peter Green, Zed's dead That's baby. That's who the fuck it is, man. I was trying to place him the whole time. Like, what the fuck is this dude in? It's goddamn Zed. Next time you watch this movie and he shows up in your head, say, bring out the gimp and you'll immediately remember he's the, uh, he's the, the pawn shop owner. The yeah. dude who gets shot, he gets his dick shot off by Marcellus Wallace, dude. Like, that guy he is... Wants, yeah, he's the dude that wants to fuck Bing Rames. <laughs> yes, yes, yes! God damn it. Oh, my God. What now? I'll tell you what now. But, dude, like, that guy is in this as, like, a cartoonish... And he is so over gangst- the fucking top. Big time. Because uh, he's trying... Okay, this is my only issue with this movie. And I guess it's not even... I mean, how can you knock someone's performance in a cartoon film but he's he is definitely like chewing he's smoking the sleaziest cigarette mm. just he's got this weird sort of it's not new york but it's like this gruff sort of we're gonna fucking thank you to cup that fucking well he's, care about he's doing g- generic mobster east coast generic mobster gene- Generic East Coast late nineties mob mid nineties mobster. Mid nineties mobster. It's the- Lamb lambskin leather with a sheer white shirt underneath with a strangely tall collar on it. Yep, but you know what? Rings on his fingers and in his ears. Right. Tightly cropped hair, maybe wearing a little bit of rouge and liner. A touch. A gentle a touch. touch. Less a touch. Now, did we ever determine whether the mayor in the Nolan Batman movies? is wearing eyeliner or if he just has the darkest he... eyelashes in history. So that dude, I think just looks like that. Cause, uh, he crops <laughs> up every once in a while. He's like a, he's a character actor and he's in a bunch of shit and he always looks exactly like that. I think that's just the contours of his eyes. Just give it that. It looks like eyeliner. He's just very dark pronounced yeah, yeah. darkness. So with Zed, <laughs> Peter green with this guy, I'm going to give, I'm giving his, east coast mobster performance a pass because yeah. because in the past carl you and i have given a pass to bad guys in films because with their we we've de- we determined a, a john wick bad guy accent we called it 
generic Euro trash. Yes. So look, there are. This is like this is like a trope of this type of. You get a bad guy who's like, I'm from somewhere in the uh, not in America. Well, it's kind of you like know? the big bad guy, and this was almost like breaking the and iron. But I think that's actually his voice, so I can't like. I thought that that guy would have been. Um, help me with this actor's name. I always. Uh, he's in the Big Lebowski. Plays uh, Jesus. Um, he's in Miller's Cro- John Turturro. Thank you. John Turturro. Yep, there it is. I think the big main bad guy, played by John Turturro, would have taken this movie from like fun, kind of mid '90s quirky cartoon. I'm mean, dark as fuck. It, dark as fuck, and also I think you would have ended up if you would have cast like two more big name people in this. This would be a cult film. It's so close you already. You get like Oldman and Totoro in here. You have a whole new ball game. If you drop Oldman in as the cop, like the cop who's hunting down Ipkiss, come the fuck on, oh, fuck. dude. Totoro would... is the main bad guy. Totoro is the main bad guy. The mask on. <gasps> oh, I was. Oh! I was talking about Tortoro as like the the guy that as our the main head. Uh, yeah, the guy who's like got the the scarlet ponytail going on. The, okay, like the older dude. Gotcha. That guy as John Tortoro. How about this? How about this, Carl? Old bad guy as John Tortoro. Our main bad guy Zed character. That guy's Gary, young Gary Oldman, nineteen ninety four Gary He's Oldman, the professional Gary Oldman. Fuck yes! Come on, tell me that movie wouldn't be like. Four and a half stars, even. Jeremy Renner's the cop trying to run down Ipkiss. Like, oh, who's that guy? That's Jeremy Irons is in here. Just like, oh! <laughs> dude, I'm down. I'm down for that. Um, we talked about this a little bit with the Dark Knight Returns, where you have to remember it's a comic book movie. Michael Keaton is Stanley Ipkiss. Actually, do you want some of the alternate casting was really interesting. They were originally considering Steve Martin and Martin Short for this. Which I did it in my head because I, I love Jim Carrey in this movie, but I was thinking about it and I was like, either of those guys could have nailed it too. Like, it would change the tone completely, though. They're right. Yes, definitely. They're but they're right in that wheelhouse. They all have that kind of like slightly manic, maybe a little bit deranged slapstick humor. And I and I said Keaton because there are several moments as the mask where Jim Carrey's going full blown Beetlejuice on us. Definitely like, a lot. Definitely like so when he when he's going into the repair shop with the uh, <laughs> with the two mufflers covered overhaul. I mean, it, he is doing a Michael Keaton Beetlejuice impersonation at that point. Uh, yeah. Hold on to your lug nuts, covered overhaul. <laughs> yeah, Man, dude. Him right. I mean, he's doing the whole. <laughs> I'm here for your muffler, Chuck. Like, <laughs> go for your daughter, Chuck. Dude, the. This movie, the this movie's more a little bit edgier than I remembered it being. Like mm-hmm. the scene where they're carting, where they're wheeling out the two mechanics and the cops on the horn, and he's like, "We need the best proctologist." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Have the proctologist standing by." You heard me. Just get him down here. And they're wheeling the dudes out, and they both have huge ass mufflers stuffed up their asses. Like, come on, dude. That's a little bit. That's a little blue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you take the comic filter off of it, you're like that. Those boys are in bad, bad, bad shape. Will never be the same That's again. That's two colostomy bags that he just bought. Yeah, yep. for for sure. life. For life. For life. I don't know. I it it's kind. It was kind of fun <laughs> though to hit that because you remember the mask as being like a family movie, but it's really not. 
Like your wheel drives are shot, and you're gonna need a new transmission. <laughs> <laughs> well, I brought it in for an oil change, dude. That is a great line. He gives him the bill. He's like, "Yeah, just sign down there at the bottom. Press there's hard." No, there's no total. No, he goes. <laughs> he goes. There's no price. There will be. <laughs> Which is every mechanic ever, you know? Like, it, well, good thing we, good thing we got these problems now before before they became a big problem. Oh my god, I love the bit where the the, the like shorter, fatter guys walking by and the skinny guy stands up out of the. There's, they've pulled the engine from the car. There's no yeah. engine in the engine bay. They stand up and he holds out this part and he goes, "What's what's this?" And he goes. The guy, the big mechanic looks over and goes, I don't know, about $700. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Um, what did you think of, what did you think of the, the actual plot? The like, what'd you say? Dumb. Dumb. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. There is no plot. I mean. A uh, mysterious trunk in the Bay of Edge City gets knocked open by underwater uh, pipe layers, and it is the imprisoned spirit of the night god Loki, Loki uh-huh. uh, which is pretty cool given our Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Loki means something different now than it did in 1994 for the zeitgeist. And isn't that um, wild that the actual like mythology is changing because of comic books? That's, well, mytholo- comic books are mythology. Yeah, so. they're modern Makes mythology, sense. but our modern mythology is retroactively influencing like historical mythology. It's Wild. crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, well, man. I love that. I, do I too. love that it's Loki, and I love that it's a night god. And there are certain little things like that. There, there, we are given rules without being told what the rules are. I like that um, a lot. Where it's like it doesn't the mask doesn't work it during the day. Why? Because Loki was a night god, and right. so blah blah. So that's cool. And also so the get, overall. Oh, uh, go ahead. It's a, it's a it's a nice guy's finish last story, and it's fine. Yeah, the, there's nothing wrong with it. It's cool because I'm glad you you thought this too. Because this on my second watch through, I was kind of trying to pay more attention to the structure of the thing and what kind of stuff can I talk about. But really, the plot the plot is really straightforward and kind of dumb. There's yeah. There's a bad there's an underling of a local mob organization who's trying to score some cash so he can overthrow the big boss. So he's planned a bank robbery. On a whim, the mask at Jim Carrey robs the bank they're planning to rob. It gets one of the guy one of the crew killed and it makes the underling look really bad. So the underling pits himself against the mask. That takes us to that pretty much the end of the film and that's the whole plot. If Ipkiss doesn't work at the bank, this movie doesn't happen. He still finds the mask, but this plot doesn't occur. Right. You just pick another plot. Um, in the comic book, the comic book is kind of interesting because the mask actually isn't just Stanley Ipkiss. Stanley Ipkiss is like one small arc, but the mask actually, quote unquote, targets. I was going to say it, is, it finds people. Yeah, it finds. And like, actually, it, it, it does that in this, too. When he tries to pitch it, and the mask is like, no, I'm yours right now. Right, it comes back. And then when he dumps it and at the end, and the friend goes after it, the dog gets it, which is also yeah. funny. Funny shit. Um, but one of the, I thought one of the really interesting things about the comic is its episodic nature. And I thought that if you were going to remake the mask in 2020, that'd be the way to do it. Do it as... Okay, Robert Rodriguez's Sin City, right? Where it's yeah. several plots that tie together, but we only look at one 
thread at a time, but they do mm-hmm. overlap. Like characters will recur and things like that. And he did that movie in like hour fifty. You know, uh, uh, we know what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be yeah. a super long one. Well, that's the great thing about the mask, right? Because the mask itself takes on the personality and the imagination of the wearer, so it opens itself up to unlimited possibility as far as what the mask is, depending on who's wearing it. It's kind of like that comic book series, hundred bullets, right? Uh, yes. Oh so. my god, dude! Brian Azzarello's one hundred bullets. If you have not fucking read this, listener. The library has it. Our local library has it. And if you're not in Traverse City, listener, which many of our listeners are not, find it. Your local library probably has it. It was a huge hit in the early 2000s. That is a great series. And you're right, dude. That's a great analog. You're suddenly given carte blanche and profound power and a choice. That is the essence of this. Actually, maybe that is an archetypal story for human beings throughout history or throughout throughout our history of storytelling. It's all distilled down to its very essence, which is the shopping cart test. Yeah. I mean, uh, what's what the hell was that show where they used to give people a shopping cart and like. Sixty seconds to just get as much oh, shit in it, yeah, as possible. It was like the shop, shop a palooza, or whatever the fuck. It's like get as many groceries as you can. Right, that <laughs> dumb show that we all watched when we were like yeah. very small, and our parents were like, "Why are you watching this?" <laughs> and they saw the downfall. We have a lot of food now. Right. It's it, oh my god. That's probably why we watched it. We're like, wouldn't it be great to just have a consistent meal? <laughs> but, um, Lot to be said. A lot of goulash in my house, brother. Yeah, dude. We did a lot of pasties and mitabutia. Mitabutia is great, though. Like, who who cares? Bert and I were talking about this the other day. Poor people food is usually just delicious food. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, pasties. Fuck. It's all salty and full of meat and potato and yeah, dude, kabosh. Sign, sign me up for that. Usually really spicy because Tabasco is pretty cheap, really, when you... Actually, yeah, my dad turned me on to Tabasco Young, and I was trying to, I was like, my dad loved Tabasco. Powdered eggs, man. Tabasco is a requirement. Ooh, I've never done powdered eggs. I usually just buy, like, buy them by the flat. Only you can't do that in 2020 because they're limiting the amount of eggs you can buy. Weird, weird world I find myself living in. Um, jumping back to the movie, though, I actually think that the the conceit of the mask, the idea behind that is actually pretty cool and it lends itself to storytelling too the uh, uh ipkiss um tells i can't remember who it, oh he, he's telling the journalist girl about what how the mask works and he the way that he describes it is it is as though you remove all of the filters between the id and the outside world essentially and mm-hmm. it, of course you know it's, it's couched in freudian terms but the idea that all of your animal primal desires the the under you, the deep you that wants to express itself but is filtered through the ego and super ego, you know, like all of those, those block with those blocks removed, who would we be? That's a really interesting idea. I don't think this movie explores that to its full potential. It doesn't. It scratches very gently the surface of that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's such an interesting question or, or something to dive into in like in writing, just yeah, to definitely. Like um, make the story. I thought that I I remember reading that the original script for the ma- this movie was a lot closer to the comics. But after Jim Carrey was cast, um, or was like after Jim Carrey was in heavy talks, they did a bunch of rewrites and then presented Jim. Car- they wrote it for him because he had a very distinct style of humor and physical humor, and he has an extremely 
he has a now, especially now, um, in today, he has a very wide range as an actor. But back then, he had a really specific set of tools that everyone loved, which was the Ace Ventura thing. So they rewrote it with that goofy Jim Carrey in mind. And when he got the script, this new updated version of the script, he famously said to the director, director Chuck Russell, he said that it feels like this was written for me, which it was. They changed it completely and made it into like a cartoony slapstick thing and took out all the dark stuff, all the bleak stuff, which is kind of ironic because in 2020, looking at where where Jim Carrey's gone as an actor, what he's explored, what his personal life has been, and what his personal philosophies are and have been, and the places that he's willing to explore, I know this sounds insane, but I would love now, He's I know he's older now, I would love to see Jim Carrey... Like a- do like a Logan version of the mask. Does that make sense? It makes a ton of sense. And that got me all kinds of like, Oh, please let this be a thing that happens. Right. Like, uh, like to see like, like almost, you could almost like Birdman it in a way where it's Jim Carrey oh playing my himself God. and finds the mask. Yes. Yeah, man. That's a fucking awesome idea. J- Jim Carrey playing. You don't have to call him, call him like James Cameron or something, you know, like something close yeah. to Jim Cameron. He's Jim a Cameron. painter. Yeah, he's a oh painter, a retired actor, and he stumbles across Holy this mask. Fuck. It looks slightly familiar to him, and there's oh. your movie. Oh my god, that's even better, Carl. Like the let's call him Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, the painter and retired actor. I know he's not a retired actor, but Jim Carrey, right. the painter and retired actor, finds this mask, and it he feels like he's seen it before. You, if you do this, you have to do the same fucking mask design. It has to be exactly the same. Exactly. But like kind of maybe a little more beat, but the same yep. mask. Several other faces have been under it yes. since. That mask is, by the way, this mask design is really good. I fucking love it. I it's think a, it's one of the best parts of the design of the entire movie. It's is the such mask. a good prop. The the metal nose, it's, you immediately, it becomes a very recognizable immediately. It sears itself yep. on your brain. Dude, I love this idea. And then when he puts on the mask, because he's because it's Jim Carrey and it's Jim Carrey in 2020 or 2021. We got we need some time to write the script and you know get everything yeah, pitched. Pitch so let's film. give ourselves a year. But uh, you know, shit's not really up and running yet. So we got a little time, but dude, imagine that. Okay. So Jim Carrey finds the mask and it seems familiar. And he picks it up and takes it home. He doesn't put it on the first night like he does in this movie. He just sets it on the dresser and he starts having dreams. And the dreams are these cryptic and strange, Jung, like Jungian style yeah. dreams mm-hmm. loaded with symbolism. And it these are symbols that are expressing his most profound desires. And the mask figures heavily in them and they're dark and they frighten him, you know? Maybe this version of of Stanley Epkiss or this version of Jim Carrey who's found the mask, he's got a dependency on like sleeping medication or something and he goes and sees a psychiatrist and we d- I would love to see this this movie we're talking about but he doesn't put the mask on for the first quarter of it. We Absolutely. Just, we just let it build and we let those violin strings tighten and tighten and get discordant and then when he puts the mask on, it is comedy it's jim carrey doing what he does best which is he becomes a cartoon that tells a story that that plucks at the deepest parts of us because he's a cartoon character that always resonates with me in a way there's a reason that we remember him but not every other clown that's lived exactly he can communicate deep things through humor 
he's a I think he's a Robin Williams in a way, you know? I do too. I was I mean as we've talked about him and 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 have done other movies of his, yeah, I would put him right up there with the Robin Williams. Steve Martin. Yeah, Steve Martin's Steve another Martin and, good yeah. example of of funny man with profound depths. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. And then a quarter of the way into the movie, he pops the ma- he puts it on because he's got these dreams and maybe he's in a bleak dark place at this point in the film and he's like, "Fuck it, why not? Let's put this thing on just as a joke." Maybe he's drunk. He throws it on, and we get slapstick comedy that's super funny and we stay true to the tone of the mask and because uh, because he's suffering because he's got this little bit of damage going on he essentially turns into like a a cartoon version of a sociopath you know what i mean right just oh my god dude i can you could have little throwbacks too just the pepper in the instead of the uh, for the fan service, you know, instead of the pajamas being of that particular uh, design, maybe some curtains in his apartment have the same, uh, the same, uh, they peppered in there. It's one of the throwbacks, little Easter eggs. Oh, I see on. what you're saying. Like, uh, or he got, he got like an ugly tablecloth from his mom or whatever, and it's in the same design as the pajamas from this movie. Right. Cameron Diaz makes like a cameo as as herself, like on something he's watching on TV, you know, or something like that. Yep. Dude, or I like can... a phone. Oh my god, you get like a new nightmare with it, where he calls Cameron Diaz, <laughs> or Ocean's. What is it? Ocean's thirteen. Ocean's where they 13, run into Julia where, Roberts. Where Julia Roberts gets all fangirly <laughs> over Julia Roberts. I could love it. <laughs> Dude, I I'm not even joking. Like, no, that I've let's work on. Let's take a year to work on it. You work on it. We'll You're the writer. Oh, okay, pitch yeah. Me. You be the oh, idea guy. Just... You got to chuck me some stuff every once in a while. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll lob a couple balls all over the fence every once in a while. I appreciate while. your balls, man. I always hey, have. What if, what if <laughs> Milo, the dog, is now, wait, what, is Barakeet, and he's dead all the time. The de- oh, he's, what? this bird is dead, like one of them, one of those. Yeah. So it'll be like. <laughs> See, I think that I just think this is the best way for us to write this project. Is you call me one in the morning drunk, I wake up out of a drunk slumber, and then and you write what the co- yeah 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 yeah. This dude, it's gold. We're gonna be millionaires He's got too. Sh- the shoes are all made of bolt biscuits. Biscuit shoes. Yeah, fucking biscuit, biscuit shoes. shoes. No. Fuck asshole wears. Biscuits. Yes, dude. Where you're like you're swallowing the the muffin that you ate right before bed, and it's not sitting quite right, and you stacked some some PBR on top. Always, always pouring cheap honey on his feet. (laughs) Cause they're biscuits. Remember, don't forget biscuit feet. Fucking asshole puts biscuits on his feet. So (laughs) honey on his fucking toes. Still have a girlfriend because he's got fucking. Sticky feet, and he's sad, and he's sad because he doesn't have a girlfriend. He's got, got pain on hands, so they're all covered in like bullshit, and it's like they're always kind of peeling. And then there's this instead of what I mean that I have to clean the brushes on. And there's always a bit in the phone call where it starts to be like, and he works, and he works at a winery, but his he car, the winery, his car payment, person. his car payment is pretty high, and like fucking ridiculous, and it's more than he. Pays for 
pussy half the time. It's ridiculous. And his insurance is always his insurance is going up because the it's a it's a lease. I'm like, Carl, is this? Are we talking about? Are we still talking? I have. Has be responsible for his own safety because you gotta. Winners are really fucking. They're, dude, have you driven in a northern Michigan winner? You need it's that like, all-wheel drive, but it's expensive. You see the fucking ground clearance on a goddamn Forester's like fucking. You could drive over stump of Christmas trees and be like, I, like and Santa Claus. There's this moment where Jim Carrey's like, I could do an oil change without even jacking this car up. And that's amazing. And I'm like, all right, man. That's good, Carl. That's really good. Hey, Carl. That's so that good, dude. Good? <laughs> 12 miles on a car when you bought it. 12 miles. That's a good deal. I don't care who the fuck you are. Put that line in there. I don't care who the fuck you are. It's a good deal. I don't care who the fuck you are. That's good, Carl. Did you watch the movie for this week? Because we've got, we do have an episode tomorrow. Of course I fucking did. Don't insult me. So I'm I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And then you hang up the phone and then I'm like, bird, this is awkward. I don't know if I should be working on this project. I think Carl's getting too into it. (laughs) Um, Speaking of biscuits for shoes, by the way. Biscuits for shoes, costume choice, costuming. The yellow suit that he wears in this movie, which this is a detail that I found out through IMDb Trivia, which is one of the greatest things to do when you're watching a movie that's just kind of okay. The yellow suit is an homage to a yellow suit that his mother, Jim Carrey's mother, made for him when he first started his stand-up comedy career. Holy shit. I know. Doesn't it just kind of like warm your heart a little bit deep down? All right. Well, let's see. I know you have a 5 o'clock out. It's 5.03. We've talked about this movie for like a little bit, kind of. We hit an hour. We're doing fine. Um, let's talk. We talked about the plot. We talked about Jim Carrey. We've talked about Loki the Night God. We talked about comic versus movie. I think we're good. We did. Yeah, we're pretty much there. Cameron, um, Cameron Diaz is hot. T- and... Cameron Diaz is hot. Let me talk. Let me say really quick. While problematic, this movie's like watching Dick Tracy in Hell written by Tex Avery, which I think is actually pretty. I have a Dick Tracy note as well that this movie feels like um, it feels like the Dick Tracy movie from the 90s a lot of the time. It totally does. Right. Yeah. OK, yeah. good. We're on the same page. It feels like the Warren Beatty fucking Dick Tracy. <laughs> and then my my last note that makes any sense. No, actually, I have two notes that make any sense at all. Milo is one of the best dog actors I think I've ever seen. Carl, you and I, for some reason, are psychically linked right now because you're making all the points that I'm about to say. That is true. The That Mi- Milo, this dog, is... This has got to be one of like, the top ten movie dogs we've ever watched. It's fucking creepy sometimes. You can see the wheel spinning in this dog's head. When he, Especially in the key stealing The jailbreak! Scene. Oh my god, get the fuck out of my brain! You're totally right, dude. He, when he gets the dog and he's like, All right, Milo, you get those keys. You get those keys. Not to cheese, not to cheese. That do- the fact that that dog drops a piece of cheese, like, that alone. I don't know any dog that's ever dropped, dropped a piece, a piece of, of cheese. When, as soon as cheese gets within a foot of a dog's mouth, it copper fields, man. It just, like, goes away. Like, it didn't even put it in its mouth and it's gone. It's vuh. And then it shows you its paws and its paws are yep. empty and it rolls yep. up its sleeve. And you're like, all right. You're like, okay. okay. All right. I'm not I even mad. He might be ready. He might be ready for Vegas. Yeah. 
All right, but can you do your it? Your banter it? needs a little work. Yeah, your patter's off. You know, I, I feel like the patter's a little slow. We didn't get to the hook quick enough, but mm, we'll work on it. Here's another piece of cheese. I know the music is temporary. It's feeling this a little bit too uh, seal or something. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> we need to update this show, you know. We've got Penn and Teller to contend with, and those guys yeah. are just contemporary as shit. Um... No, but I, I'm with you, dude. The fact that that dog, when he pulls the keys off the guard's lapel, when Stanley tells him, like, oh, wait, and <laughs> the dog freezes straight up. And, and looks at the guard, looks at the keys, looks, looks at, at the, the guard. guard again. Yeah, that's that wheel spinning moment. I know exactly the what you're talking about. The dog is literally thinking, oh, shit, don't move. Oh, D- no. I, sh- it, oh. The, the funniest part about that to me is that's not what the dog is watching a trainer that's off screen, and yet it oh. looks... Dude, yes, yeah, the, the trainer's giving him the hand signals, but the dog straight up looks like it's thinking like, fuck, 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 don't wake up, you fat piece of yep. shit, you know, yep. and then he pulls the keys off. Dude. So good. It's one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. I, when in, when the scene started to happen, I was remembering what was about to happen. I like, got excited. I, I got excited. I, <laughs> I stood up a little taller. I st- Dude, I'm with you. Every time that damn dog is on screen, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And I said Milo jumping up the wall outside of the jail is probably one of the most funny things I've ever fucking seen in my life. All of Jim Carrey's dialogue in those <laughs> all of those shots is improvised. Like, put a little effort into it, which is so <laughs> funny. Do it for daddy. Come on. Milo jumping up the wall is awesome. Milo laying down when when Ipkiss is telling him like, "Hey, you better go away. I'm gonna be in here for a long time." And the dog just lays under some newspaper. Surprising feels in in yep. the mask. You know, you don't expect to be like, "Oh shit." But, well, you're looking at a little fucking terrier, and you're like, true. "Okay, well." Last cool. l- last note that I have because I know we are on a on a time crunch, and this movie really doesn't necessarily deserve a whole ton as, of time. Uh, as you can tell, but our audience can't. I probably should rinse off before I go to dinner. Maybe give it a give it a splash. The face, just splash the face, and you'll be fine. I'm just damp. Yeah, if you comb the if you slick the hair back, it's gonna look. It's going to look like you did it on purpose. You know yeah, what I mean? they'll look intentional. Yeah, I can't yeah. do anything about the flop sweat I got No, the flop right sweat's going to need a, at least one one spritz of water in the shower. But my last note is I, I, cannot, I cannot help but fully applaud. You see Jim Carrey at the height of his powers in this movie when he's got the mask on and he is just bang, 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 ripping impersonations left and right. He does Elvis. He does Clint Eastwood. He does Humphrey Bogart. He does Bugs Bunny. He does the physicality of Bugs Bunny. The scene where the mobster shoots him and he he's quote unquote dying in the mobster's arms. Mm-hmm. And he's he does the like every time he comes back from coughing away from the mobster, he does a different voice. A different impression. This is incredible. Tell Aunt Might Barry Old Yeller to let Old Yeller out in the evenings. <coughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to come back anymore. And he switches so fluidly. And then there's this great moment at the end. He's turned his head away. He's coughed three different times. He, like, turns away to cough. The last time, he, like, half turns his face and then turns right back into the dude's face and coughs straight into his face. Then he sticks his tongue out and blows a raspberry in his face and then legitimately farts and says pardon excuse me yeah pardon me as he's dying in the dude's arms i'm i'm not even i won't even qualify it i refuse to qualify it that right there is a glimpse of what jim carrey's going to be at his absolute best and it's in the mask dude this movie Mm -hmm. 
I was I was with you. I'm I was ready to be like, eh, it's kind of just okay. And it look, it's not going to be the best movie we watched this month, but I was nope. delighted by how much this holds up. It is funny as fuck, man. It really is. And it's as dated as it is in some of the CG stuff, but that I think just adds to its fucking charm, man. Absolutely. I'm absolutely with you. It adds to its cartoonish charm. Yep. The bad absolutely. CG just looks like cartoon to me a little bit, yep. you know? Absolutely. You, it's easy to gloss. I I like it. I I bought it by the way. I couldn't find nice. a, I couldn't find an easy place to rent it and it was 10 bucks and I'm like, "You know what? I used to spin this all the time when I was a kid. I can I burned up a VHS of it." Hell yeah, dude. So anytime you want to watch The Mask <laughs> after we're allowed to like be friends like for Not real again. Masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you want to watch The Mask once we don't have to do masks anymore, Let's watch the mask. Let's watch the mask. What do you think? Um, so yeah, it, today is kind of like a, a little cheater episode, just just a little shorty. But we wanted to give you something. We wanted to keep the keep the progress going, and we wanted to talk about this because yeah, actually, surprisingly good. I was delighted to watch this again. And we should really consider a pitch a year from now to Mr. Carey for it wears a mask or whatever. That's I'm I'm end. with you actually. I would like very much to uh, to hash this out. Tighten some bolts and see what directions uh, what directions sound good. I can still hear you, but your face is frozen. Do you, can you hear me at all? All right, Carl's gone. So what I'm gonna do while Carl's gone, which is perfect timing actually for Carl to be gone because he does have to go. Oh, he's back. Can you hear me now? Or am I, I getting lag? Okay, good, good. Um, I was gonna I was actually just gonna burn through the outro stuff because I know that you're you got to get ready to go. So. If you want to drop us a line, drop us a line at measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, if you want to, uh, this one was a little bit short and a little bit light, but look back through our catalog. Trust me, you want some three-hour conversations? Just last week, we did a Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises for three and a half. So uh, if you like- It's a big what, one. It's a chunky one. It's it's beefy for sure, as is Tom Hardy in that film. Um, <laughs> if you if you like what we do and you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash quillandfilm. Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. You can get full-length bonus episodes. We are doing uh, some of the stuff you can find over there. All the Die Hard movies, all the Lethal Weapon movies, all the Black Christmas movies, all the Exorcist films. You can get almost all of the Halloween movies at this point. We're burning through the Harry Potter flicks. There's Princess Bride. Deadpool's over there. Bird did point out that we did do Deadpool, but that was Patreon and not main season. I forgot all about doing Deadpool. Right. We've got that. We've done a lot of movies, Max. League of Their Own. Bronson. uh, Fucking Frank. I I could go on. There's legitimately like 60 to... I think there's about 50 or 60 episodes just chilling over on Patreon. And right now... If not all of them, most of them are no longer paywalled. So, look, it's crazy times. It's a crazy year. We didn't want to block any of our content off from anyone. So if you want to check all that shit out, now's the time. Head on over. Um, If you support the show, if you'd like to chuck us a buck or two, um, you get shout-outs on the show where we thank you profusely for your contribution to our artistic endeavor. Well, Carl, they sound a little something like this. We would like so much to thank... Dude, you 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 chucked me a softball, so I'm swinging at it. Here we go. We would like so much to thank Brian Jackson, ooh Connor Sweeney. Got to thank that Danielle Hotelli. Got to thank that David Rowney, all the way from the UK. Mm. Gonna thank local director and auteur Jeffrey Morgan. Oh, always gotta thank that Casey Chabelle. As a as a couple, as a pair, there is no 
I was going to try and find a match for pear, but really I was just like, I want another glass of wine, and that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> so we'd like to thank Kelly and Mike Wagner, K. Ram, the Kev, Kevin Ramirez, sultry sister Sarah Hartley. Sorry, man. I know you had to have that right in your ear. That was fucked up. I didn't mean to do that to you. The the man, the myth, the legend, the elusive William Rockwood. We got to thank. We got to thank Cherie Van. How do you say her last name? Manon? Manon? Is that what it is? It's got two A's in it, bro. Kind of nebulous with it because I'm not 100% sure. Okay, so I should mumble mouth this one. Got it. All right. I do. We'd also like to thank Shree Van There you go. Right there, right? (laughs) I did it. You do it 90s and it just always sounds right. And then Uh finally, we have to thank our the patron with whom we've definitely had the most correspondence. Uh, One of our more recent patrons. Shout out to... Hang tough, girl. You are in the shit show that is Florida on fucking fire right now. We would like to thank Cassandra for supporting our show. Thank you so much. And in case you felt cheated because I didn't say it all weird and sultry, we'd like to thank Cassandra for supporting the show. And that's been Measuring (laughs) Flicks for this week. I'm Max Peterson, Carl Hartley. You just keep the hits on coming and we'll keep on running. Coming. Coming, coming. Something, something. Unflumping. Dark side. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we gotta get the fuck out of here because I yeah, gotta... I gotta go rinse my fucking butthole off. You go rinse your butthole. I'm gonna cut some episodes and we'll catch y'all on the flippy flabby. Um, flippy flip. Oh, dude, the next movie we're watching, I'm so fucking excited for. Okay, look, I'm gonna... Man well, in the Iron Mask? No, no, no. The next one we're gonna talk about. Oh, Behind the Mask, The Lies of Letitia. I might watch it again before we... Do it, do it dude. A second one. I t- I'm telling you, I watched it once. Well, this will be like my 30 second watch. Okay, but. okay, but this will be your second watch for the show. I watched it once, yeah. took notes, watched it again to take notes again because Bird hadn't seen it. I straight up caught, no joke, 15 things that I had missed watching it for the show the first time. Spin it again. I swear to God, it's fucking worth it. And I, the reason I wanted to tell everyone about it, this is one that you cannot be spoiled on. We cannot talk about this movie to you if you haven't seen it. This is your chance. You, if you have Hoopla. Oh, we're still recording. I thought we were just having a conversation. No, no, we're, we're still on just for a Whoa! second. Listener, I'm telling you, it's free on Hoopla. You can check it out for free and watch it. If you got a smart TV, download the Hoopla app. You can watch it on your big TV with your cool speakers. It's easy to find. Watch Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, 2006. It is a crazy good movie but it is one of those M. Night Shyamalan type things where if you tuned in to listen to the Sixth Sense episode and you hadn't seen the Sixth Sense and we started with like isn't it crazy that Bruce Willis is dead the whole time like that would be a bummer don't let us ruin behind the mask for you watch this motherfucker it is so good dude thank you for recommending this movie never seen it dude it's oh my god he shot you that's your first time did it hurt what? No, it feels fine. I had a vest on. It's cool. It's fine. Like, the the actor who plays Leslie is... I don't understand why I had never seen him before, because this should have been the movie that launched a $200 billion 10 rehab, you know, stays career. This should have made him yep. A-list talent. He is fucking gold in this movie. He's so funny. 
All right. Anyway, we're going to get out of here because Carl is now late for his dinner appointment. We love y'all. Um, <laughs> stay tuned. Keep listening. Watch Behind the Mask. And, and dude, stay safe. And, and remember that no one cared who you were until you put on the mask. Thank you.